the school is out. Which means it's time for Hot Kids. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hot Kids Show on 101.9 High FM. Thank you for choosing Hot Kids on High FM. My name is Michelle Fine and I'm 11 years old. And I'll be your host for today. This is Hot Kids for Kids by Kids. Coming on, up on Hot Kids today, I'll be interviewing Chantal Smith. She is a geohydro specialist, so stay tuned to 101.9 High FM. You're listening to High Kids on 101.9 High FM. This is Hot Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Michelle Fine, and I'm your host for today. Good afternoon, Chantelle. Hello, hello. All right, are you ready for the questions? I think I am. Okay. What is a geohydro specialist? So basically, when we speak of a hydrogeologist, it's someone that specializes in hydrogeology. So what that means is that we investigate and evaluate and do studies on groundwater. Mm. And also when we speak of groundwater, we're specifically referring to what we call an aquifer. So I'm not sure if you know what mm-hmm. an aquifer is. No. <laughs> so basically an aquifer is a rock that can bear water. So we call it a water-bearing rock. Mm-hmm. So basically as a hydrogeologist, what we do is we have to characterize this aquifer because we want to understand this aquifer so that we can do studies on it and obviously give our clients the best recommendations uh-huh. that we can. Yeah. Why did you want to become a geohydro specialist? So from a young age, I really wanted to be involved in protecting the environment and I really wanted to do work within the environment. So when I came across the career of hydrogeology, it was something that definitely interested me. Mm-hmm. And why I became a hydrogeologist was because this was my way of protecting the environment. Oh. So that was how I felt uh, I could contribute to that. Yeah, Yeah, that's so cool. Is it a difficult job to have? Well, it could be difficult. I mean, there are challenges. But as long as you take on Mm -hmm. the challenge, then you can manage it, yeah. What is geology? So when we speak of geology, that is basically the study of Earth's rock. So a geologist is someone that will... Um, do everything related to geology so they'll look at how rocks are formed the minerals that are in mm-hmm. them and all that kind of stuff yeah. is it is geology and what you do just on rocks or yes like so the, geology focuses specifically just on the earth's rocks okay yeah what is hydro hydro just hydrology yes hydrology hydrology that is like a very broad term where we It's used to basically just say everything that's related to the Earth's water, both Mm. surface and groundwater. So it encompasses all of the studies of just relating to water. Yeah. What do the two have in common? So the common thread between geology and hydrology is, so if you think of it, you take those two names and you kind of mush them together, then you're going to get what I am, hydrogeologist. Mm. So that's where rock and water meet, and that's where I come in to do the studies on groundwater. Yeah. How long have you been a geohydro specialist? So I'm actually, I've been working for three years already. So this is my fourth year that I'm working. Yeah. So I I thought about that now. So that's actually a long time. Yeah, it is. (laughs) I started in 2017. So Mm. yeah, it's been a while. Is it a job you always wanted to have? Yeah. If I'm, if I'm going to be honest with you, when 
I was younger, I didn't even know a hydrogeologist <laughs> existed. I mean, I didn't I know. I didn't know until <laughs> yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I didn't know that it existed. So only when I got exposed to it when I was in varsity did I realize, yes, this is exactly the job that I want to do, yeah. So what did you want to be when you were younger then? Oh, man, when I was younger, it was anything from, you change your mind. So first of all, yeah. being a doctor and then, oh, maybe a dentist. And then oh, I was a 90s kid, so it changed. Like, I want to be a Power Ranger, but then there, <laughs> there weren't any vacancies, so I had to find another job. So oh, it was anything <laughs> from that, yeah. What and where would someone go to 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 study hard, geohydro? A geo, to become a geohydrospecialist. There we go. Yes. So to for the degree that I specifically had, there are only two universities that you can go study at. So the mm. one is the University of Pretoria, so that's where I studied. Mm. And the other one is the University of KZN. Mm. So basically you're first going to start with an undergrad where you do environmental mm. and engineering geology. And then from there, you're going to do a postgrad study, honors mm-hmm. and masters where you specialize in hydrogeology. Uh. Yeah. Why are geohydrospecialists important to have? So the reason we are important is because when we speak of groundwater and aquifers, these are sort of a non-renewable resource. Mm-hmm. So it's important for us to be able to use those responsibly. So our studies help everyone um, so that we can sustainably use them, if like I'm making sense, we yeah. have to make sure that the groundwater doesn't get polluted and that we use oh, it yeah. sustainably. Yeah. So we help do that. Do you get to travel for your job? If so, where has been the most exciting place you've been? So yes, luckily with my job we do get to travel quite uh, a, quite mm-hmm. a bit. So I get to see a lot of interesting corners of South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, but I must say one of the most exciting places I've gone to see is I was privileged enough to go to a diamond mine in Lesotho. Yeah, so it is actually the highest diamond mine in the world. And being there, it was just amazing because, I mean, you can imagine the scenery and being in the mountains. And yeah. so that was quite a special trip, and I'm glad I got to go. Did you have to hike to get to the mine or something? <laughs> no, luckily not. No. Luckily, I love hiking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've, well, Drakensberg is beautiful to hike yeah. in, but no, so it was a very long drive. Um, uh, yeah. Do you have to work in an office or outside? Well, it's twofold. So um, if we get a study, we'll first have to go do the field investigation where we'll have to go work mm-hmm. in the field, and then we'll come back and have to report all our findings. So it's, uh, it's both. What is the best part of your job and why? So I'll definitely say, just like we said now, the traveling part, you get to meet a lot of interesting yeah. people, you got, you get to see a lot of interesting places, so that for sure is my, the best part. And what is the worst part of your job? <laughs> so uh, the worst part, I would have to say is at times, so it's nice being in the field yeah. and you get to see different things, but at times, hot or yes, cold. So it can be like physically quite challenging depending on the terrain and what you Mm -hmm. have to do. And it's a long day's work. So, yes, that can be the most challenging part. Uh Yeah. Have you ever been interviewed by a kid? No, this would be the first time. Are you enjoying it? Yes, so far I'm enjoying it. (laughs) Which one is more fun to study, geology or hydrology? Well, I'm biased. I'm going to have to say hydrogeology. (laughs) Yes. How important do you think it is to keep our environment clean? Well, obviously, it's, it's very important. Yes. And <laughs> that's what I'm here to help people do.
Does litter affect on any part of your job? Sorry? Does litter affect of any part of your job, Black? Litter. Oh, does litter affect? Yeah. Oh, yes, well, of course. So we'll find that a lot of our river systems and stuff get um, polluted by, like, plastic. Um, so for us, that's also something that we have to look at yeah. as a challenge, yes. All right. All of those questions were so interesting. We'll come back to more l- later. All right, let's take a song break. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 High FM. This is Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Michelle Vine, and you're still listening to the Hi Kids show on 101.9 High FM. Now let's carry on with the questions. Do you have any pets? At the moment, I do not have a pet, but I have a dog back home. But mm-hmm. where I stay at the moment, we're not allowed to have a dog yet. But okay. hopefully, mm-hmm. I can get. Uh, if I do get a pet, it will have to be a dog. <laughs> what would you name it? Uh, you see, I'm not allowed to name it because my sister has to name it. We're in an agreement uh-huh. because I named the previous dog, oh. so now it's her turn. So we have to be fair. Mm. <laughs> If you could go to tea with anyone, dead or alive, fictional or non-fictional, who would it be? So, let me think. To answer this question, I'll first have to ask you if you're familiar with the movement called um, the Zero Waste Lifestyle. No. Okay, so basically that's where you tra- you sort of mindful of your lifestyle to sort of make sure that you have as smallest impact on the environment as possible. Right. So a person that's very much involved in this is Lauren Singer. So she is someone that I would definitely like to uh. have tea with because she, yeah, she's an environmental activ- activist and she really educates people on her lifestyle, on um, the zero waste lifestyle, and it's also something that I'm trying to do. So to be able to chat to her about it would be very cool. Are there a lot of people that do your job? Yes, there are um, a lot of hydrogeologists. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a very specialized field, but yes, there are. How does your job help the environment? So like I mentioned before, um, we make sure that the groundwater resource is something that is preserved mm-hmm. and that people that use it do so in a sustainable way and also that it doesn't get uh. polluted. Yeah. How would your kids, if you have any, get involved in in geohydrology? So I think the first step to getting involved in hydrogeology is sort of being aware about it. Because, I mean, thinking back to when I was a kid, I didn't even know this existed. So mm. just to sort of get involved with it, um, broaden your knowledge about it. So if you hear something about a borehole and if they're using groundwater at school, maybe ask more about it. So what are they using the groundwater for? How much of it are they using? Uh, yeah, so knowledge is everything. What are some of the ways that we can help with water pollution in the rivers and dams? So I think one of the ways that um, the public can get involved in is definitely sort of the project where you do river cleanups and stuff like that. So you can either start a project at school or join any community like that where they do projects that clean up rivers. Uh, do boats on the rivers and dams cause pollution? So, yes, they, um, they actually do. So there's um, different ways in which they, they can do that. So you can sometimes get like a, fu- a fuel or an oil spillage. Mm-hmm. And even if a boat is within like a shallow part of a river, it can sort of uh, disrupt that natural environment. Uh, yeah. 
How can kids and adults get involved with cleaning up projects? So, like I mentioned, there are different projects that you can get involved in, and I think social media is sort of the easiest way to mm-hmm. get involved. There's, I know my company, um, GCS, we got involved with the Sprayt River cleanup. So that's the, the river in Bromfontein, or the river, the Bromfontein Sprayt, then Joburg. So, um, it's a Facebook group, you can just join it, and they sort mm-hmm. of t- let you know when they're planning cleanups and uh, that's you can cool. join. Yeah. Can water be recycled? So yes, um, water can be recycled or we, we use the word um, reclaimed. So we can mm-hmm. sort of use water, we f- refer to it as wastewater, and you can use it, reuse it in a uh. different way. So you can either um, use it for irrigation purposes or for mm-hmm. watering a garden. And we can even then treat um, wastewater to be used again as drinking water. Uh. So in that sense, you can recycle water. Do water parks have to get permission to use so much water for the slides. So, yes, they do. And it especially depends on where they're getting the water from. So, for example, if you're abstracting water from a river mm-hmm. or if you have a borehole which you're abstracting water from the groundwater, you're yeah. definitely going to have to get what we call a water use license to allow you to abstract so mm-hmm. much water. What is the longest river in South Africa? The, so, the longest river is the Orange River. Must be very long. <laughs> I, don't the exa- I don't know the exact. I don't know the exact. Why is it called the Orange River? I do actually know. I think, if I remember correctly, it was named by a Dutch settler or a person that was investing mm-hmm. that was here, and he named it after the House Orange, which I believe is a political party in the Netherlands. <laughs> if I remember correctly, uh. something like that. <laughs> Do all rivers lead to the sea? So, generally, yes, but of course you do get your exception. So, most rivers eventually make their way to the sea, mm-hmm. but they can also make their way to a sort of an inland um, body mm-hmm. of water. So, I think an example that you might know um, is the Okavongo Delta. So, that's a delta in Botswana, but it doesn't mm-hmm. lead to the sea. So, oh. not not all rivers lead to the sea. What happens to the fish that live in the rivers? So I think I'm assuming that connects with the previous Mm -hmm. question. So like the fish don't all end up in the ocean. They happily Hmm. live in the rivers. Uh They don't all get washed away. River water isn't salty, but sea water is. Why is that? Okay, so this is a a very interesting question. Um, And to be able to explain it, I think... Because if you think about it, we just said that rivers flow into the sea. But now river water isn't as salty as the sea. So now what is the difference? And this basically comes down to a concentration of the minerals within water. So in river water, we do find that there are dissolved minerals. And in the ocean, this is the same because the the water eventually flows into the, the sea. But if I can explain it, the ocean is sort of like this big bucket. So we keep on having water flow into this big bucket, but then it gets evaporated. Mm-hmm. So as we evaporate, we're sort of taking out all the, the water in essence, and we're leaving behind all those minerals. So over time, it becomes more concentrated, and that's mm-hmm. why it becomes so salty. Uh, I don't know if I explained that well. Yeah. <laughs> How does it get decided where to build dams? So I think... From my knowledge, I think the best person to ask would be a civil engineer. But from what I understand, when you want to build a dam, 
it's sort of you have to look at the topography of an area because you sort of want to be able to use a low-lying area and a valley. So you can kind of use those as mm. the dam wall and you can only, you just have to build one dam wall mm. and you kind of can naturally use the topography of the land to sort of catch the water. Yeah. What is the difference between a dam and a lake? So that's quite interesting because um, a dam is a lake, but a lake is not a dam. And the reason I say that is because a lake is something that's formed natural. It's a natural uh-huh. accumulation of water or water body, whereas a dam is something that is man-made. Uh, yeah. Do rivers flow into lakes? Yes. Yes, they do. <laughs> a lot of things flow into a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. And the water cycle. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> Is it common to find water in caves? If so, how does it get there? So to answer that question, you first need to understand how a cave is formed. And you can't form a cave without the influence of water. So you'll find that a cave is formed in a rock that we call a limestone or a dolomite. And how a cave is formed is actually through the dissolution of this limestone. So you'll find that rainwater that percolates from the surface will come down and sort of dissolve the rock if there's fractures and cracks in the rock. And eventually it will dissolve a hole big enough for us to call uh, a cave. Yeah. Before we go to an ad break, I welcome you to the Chai Foodie Club. Fry them, poach them, boil or bake them. Any way you crack them. They are still delicious and nutritious. Can you guess what I'm talking about? Well, of course you can. They are eggs. Did you know not all chickens create eggs equally? Some breeds lay eggs almost every day. Other breeds lay eggs every other day. Or once, two, twice per week. And Eating raw eggs won't help you build muscle. Only 51% of the proteins in raw eggs are digestible, while 91% of the proteins in cooked eggs are digestible. Now that is interesting. Well, that's all I have for you today, kids, on the Chai Foodie Club. Thank you for tuning in. And if you want to know about your favorite food, and if we can talk about it next week, you can SMS to 34519 or Telegram to 061-895-1019. This has been Chai Kids, for Kids, by Kids. My name is Michelle Fine, and I'm 11 years old. Thank you to my guest, Chantal Schmidt, for coming on Chai Kids today, and thank you to Senna, my producer Senna, and DJ Flo for pushing the big red buttons. Join us tomorrow for another Chai Kids show, only on 101.9 Chai FM. Goodbye, kids.